0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. And now a word from our friends at Bet BetOnline. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are previewing a big weekend in college sports, but most importantly, we're catching up with old friends. So let's get to it. This is going to be awesome. This man's connection to the Garden State comes through Rutgers University where he was a four-year starter for the Rutgers men's lacrosse program. He's the host of the new hit show, Vibe Checkers, as well as a location manager for GE out in Arizona. He is the director of inclusion and diversity for the Arizona Lacrosse Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, Chad Tolliver.
2: shown i appreciate that intro man you practice that i could tell you were too hyped for that you practiced that one
0: huh oh i, I had it. to
2: man i love it i love it i love it what's going on man
0: i not know much dude we're just here ready to catch up with you man the, the the title of this episode is catching up with chad Tolliver." it's been a while since we've all been in the same room uh shooting the shit so listen man uh, we're gonna talk a little rut lax, a little bit about yourself and what you're up to, man. What's going on, dude? Like, uh, you just moved out to Arizona. What's the what's the life uh, the life change? The lifestyle been like? Man, out it's there? hot as
2: hell out here. It's like 103 every day. Uh, but no, it's it's completely different, man. It's uh, it's a different kind of environment. I'm still adapting. I've been out here for about four months now. Um, so I run the uh, Phoenix market for single family ARDs, a little bit of multifamily. Um, and hotel motel, so that that's been fun. I've been learning a lot, adapting, um, still trying to figure a lot of stuff out, um, meeting some cool people, um, and just uh, processing it one day at a time.
0: Hell yeah, brother! What's that? So, what's the biggest difference um, out there in Arizona compared to Kentucky? Because you were out there for two uh, two years, I want to say.
2: Yeah, I was out there for like two and a half years. So I was only supposed to be out there. I was actually out there for like yeah, it was, it was practically three years. Um, but I was only supposed to be out there for two years. Uh, but what ended up happening, COVID actually put a pause on things with us. So I had to do my bubble assignments where I was on our home Depot team doing analytics. Um, and a bubble assignment is you do one year on retail, one year on contract, and then they put you on various assignments at headquarters until they find a territory for you to go out and run. So unfortunately, because of COVID and everything with the shutdown, I was, uh, I had to stay in Kentucky a lot longer than I originally was supposed to. But, um, yeah, I ended up uh, coming out here, but I would probably say, you know, the biggest thing is one, the weather, right? It, it, it's hot right now, like waking up and it's 85 um, and, and going to bed when it's, you know, 100 something degrees is definitely different. Um, I, I wear my camelback everywhere I go. Uh, you will never catch me without it. Uh, it's super uh, hot. But everyone's friendly out here for the most part. Scottsdale is super dope. Um, it, it's a fun place to be uh i'm about to get into like golf and stuff like i'm in a hiking now and weird shit that i probably never thought i would be into um i'm meeting cool people man and it's just uh life is just moving on bro it's just it's just continuing to uh keep going so yeah it's, it's it's been fun so you're you're outside
1: the scottsdale area then
2: yeah i live in old town so i'm literally in the heart of scottsdale um where all the magic happens so uh i i'm in the heart of scottsdale man uh it's fun it's super hot uh yeah and it's uh it's interesting <laughs>
1: <clears throat> no no that's awesome now I'm glad that you're doing well and everything so I mean probably it's a really awesome place out there but um let's get into some Rutgers lacrosse I mean obviously what are your opinions of the 2021 season so far
2: I think like from top to bottom um this is, well I have a lot of opinions right um <laughs> one thing I'll say is that like for those guys uh I, I can honestly say um I think this is the best team that Breck's ever had on campus um and I say that because one, I think this team plays to win instead of playing not to lose. Um, Jimmy has this defense like, you know, when Jimmy was the, you know, originally hired as a defensive coordinator, I was skeptical of it. Right. Because prior to him just making that leap, um, you don't see that very often. Right. But then you you start thinking about the work that he's put in and uh, just kind of being there and and just knowing the guys and, and just knowing how, you know, Rutgers just is as a whole Um know he deserves it so his defense i think like if you look at you know what the defense has been able to do especially with losing as many faceoffs as they did against lehigh you look at that you you just they're relentless dog like you got you got guys down there i mean you you got bullet down there who's been there been through it all uh felix you know watching him grow into the monster he's become and i mean and and when you got a god between the pipes it's a lot easier on you as well so I mean, watching those guys play, they don't play to lose. They have the kind of like FU mentality that I don't think we ever had. I think we had that mentality, but we also were so scared and timid at times because, you know, when we're up by one against a big team, it's an unusual feelings when we went to Rutgers, right? We were used to being kind of the doormats when we played at least and in, in, in the guys after. So, you know, just watching those guys just play not to lose, taking risk. I mean, Connor, I mean, that dude is Steph Curry. Anything in between the midfield line and the straining box, that shit's gone. So, I mean, watching him do his thing. And, I mean, obviously, AC, it's been super fun to watch him for all 30 years he's been there. So it's been (laughs) fun to watch that as well. So Kieran, I mean, you got to think about it. It's like the little things. I mean, I might be going overboard, but I've known Kieran and played with Kieran in high school. You know, he was on my summer team from my sophomore year of high school uh, going into college. And when he transferred over, I've seen him score a million goals. I have never seen that man celebrate, ever. And watching him celebrate when after he put that dagger in and running – you know to the sideline with the boys it's different like it, it, the energy was just different right it was like you know they they were meant to be in that moment kind of so you know watching those guys have fun was it was definitely dope and uh you know it, it's it's cool to see what they've been able to do they definitely deserve it
1: man no i think that you make a great point of playing you know not to lose because obviously when we were there it's almost like we were we had never been in that position before of like winning all these big games So when we were in that position, it's almost like, oh, my God, we're here. Like, I guess that we can't, like, piss this away and that we're going to play timid and we're going to play not to lose. But these guys, they know that, you know, like AC and Bullet, it's their last year to actually do something. So it's just, you know, throwing caution to the wind and doing all that they can to actually win a game. And I think that's what you've seen. You know, they're eight, they're nine and three, and they're going to the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament. 100%. I mean, if you would have told me that, you know, years
2: ago, or not even years ago, a couple months ago, I would have laughed kind of. But, I mean, I – they deserve it dog. Like, I mean, they, they got a complete team and it, and, and it should be like that AC. He came in with, you know, Ozzy and myself and, uh, shown, I, mean, I don't even know shown you were a year older than us originally. Right.
0: Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I redshirted in my first year and then I came in and uh, lived in the dorms with the boys. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Mean, so, yeah. So, I mean, obviously like what, like watching AC, like, you know, become, I think, what is he like tied with second, the most goals in, in school history. Right. I mean, yeah. like you look at him like, yo, AC probably wasn't even supposed to be a contributor when he came in with our class. You know what I mean? Like, and just watching him grow into what he's become. I mean, he, he better be able to do this. I mean, he's, he's been there since the dinosaurs, you know? So he, he's better, he better be able to, uh, you know, lead this team to the promised land, but you know, they gotta, they gotta test ahead of them and, and, and they, they, they should be prepared and, and, and ready to go there as well.
0: It's funny you say that. Cause I think, um, you know, I think AC, I think he's also learned a lot in terms of being, uh, being there forever and just talking to him a couple months ago on the phone and watching him and his uh, mat- maturation process throughout the year. I think if you st- – I haven't talked to him in depth, but I think if you asked him, like, hey, like, are you a much different guy than you were even last year or the year before that, I think he would probably say absolutely. Um, and I think he's he's taken that step in the right direction, not only on the field, but as the leader of this team and, you know, really proud of that dude.
2: Yeah,
3: no doubt. no doubt.
0: Ozzy, what do you got, brother?
3: Oh man, I got so many thoughts on Rutgers lacrosse, man. Like I was just saying before, so I uh, I coach a, a club team here that's affiliated with the Hill Academy and every week I break down film and it's Wednesday nights. And because of my bias towards Rutgers, I haven't played anything yet. And then I broke down the film against Lehigh and just points that you were reiterating. Talking about Jimmy Ryan, you watch this guy on the sideline when the ball's in the D zone and he's on the far end. He is fired up getting after it. Defense is hustling. Guys like Ethan Brawl getting GBs, getting the ball up and out. And then our goaltending, like you have 17 saves in one game. I mean, you just got to get a couple early, catch, fire, and get it going. And in terms of maturation, I mean, AC, I mean, he was my roommate, best friend. So to see him with that dirty mustache, but plotting goals all day. Um, and they're just exploiting offensive midfielders who are coming back from the D zone all day long. So this weekend's a huge test. And now it's going to be like, we made the quarterfinals. Are we here to do damage? Or are we just happy to be here? So they need to travel well. breck has got to be on his A game, which he will be. Jimmy Ryan has got to ride the energy bus. And then the older guys are like, okay, let's act professional and be here. Um, and to also backtrack, like they made the NCAA tournament. And I don't think I've ever been so emotional in a while. Like we put our stamp on something, our time's over. Um, and yes, it does get to our ego a little bit. But Chad, you said it like they are better than us. And that's just facts. Proof's in the pudding, man. 100%. Um, the program's come a long way, but like us old heads are old heads. And we yeah. do what we could.
2: We're just a memory and a conversation now. That's all we are is, you know, a bunch of guys. We get together at a bar. We talk about the funny things that we, we you know, learned in college and did in college and and and, and all of that good stuff. But I think the most important thing is that you know, kind of what you just said, right? It's like, you're there now. Um, and and I think like, if I can give any advice to any of those guys, like going there, it's like, you can't act like you've been somewhere you've never been before, right? One. And two, I would definitely say, man, like enjoy the moment. Like enjoy the moment. Like literally don't let this moment, you know, don't let this freak you out. You, you, you deserve it. They, like every player on UNC puts their pants on the same way as you do. Right. It, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cross. It's something you've been doing for a very long time. It's something that got you to where you are, you know, stick to the basics, you know, stick to the game plan. Don't do too much and just kind of be in the moment. Right. That, that, that's all I could say is because I honestly think, man, at this point, like every team is good enough to win a national championship at this point. Right. it's, it's, who's going to go on a run. Right. It's who's going to go on a run who's going to be more mature and who's going to be smarter. That, that's essentially what it comes down to. And, I mean, you can't ask for two better leaders to lead you um, from a maturity standpoint with Adam and Kieran Mullins um, and even Garrett Bullitt. You, you can't ask for that. So those guys have been around a lot. I'm sure they'll, they'll lock in and, and they'll have the young bucks ready to go and, uh, you know, play the game that they're supposed to play.
3: Absolutely. I think uh, an X factor for this week, unpopular opinion, and I don't know if he's still affiliated with the program, is going to be Wally. Like Wally's uh, won some national championships with hockey programs like Providence, and I want to see. I don't know if he's still around or what he's doing, but like getting everybody's mindset dialed in for this upcoming weekend. So he, we'll see how he that is. plays a factor. Oh, he is,
0: he is. He is still with them, and he does a great job.
3: So, I mean, big game on uh, Saturday up at uh, we're we playing Hofstra. Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: still trying to get tickets, bro. They're freaking yo. They sold all the tickets like before the matchups were even like settled.
3: So
2: you'll find a way to get tickets. So that's one thing. You you'll find a way to get oh, I'll
0: find a way, you know, I will. So
2: let's get into the X's and O's of this game.
0: And, uh, the coach in Aussie I know is begging for this, um, for Rutgers is, will probably be a two or three goal underdog based off of everybody I've talked to in the know, based off what I've, what I've uh, seen on film. I've watched a lot of Carolina, obviously watched all, all of Rutgers tape, uh, every game this season um coach Oz let's start with you break down the X's and O's what are the keys for Rutgers to beat this Carolina team
3: yo uh Taters can you take this over I just got to charge my laptop Yeah, yeah
1: I got you um you know if you look at UNC they have a bunch of different guys you know they have threats from all over the field if you look at you know inside lacrosse look at their stats they have about I think five or six guys that have over 20 goals so for Rutgers, I think it all comes down to, I know Ozzy can go more into this. It's all about their short 60 midy play. Um, if you looked against Lehigh, Lehigh was not getting anything, any production from the midfielders dodging or anything. UNC has a really, really good, you know, two midfield lines like Will Perry is one of the guys that comes to mind, uh, Tanner Cook. So like if we're going to be able to contain them, it's all about containing the middies. And then obviously Chris Gray. I mean, he's probably a top three player in the country right now. It's him, Michael Sowers and Jared Bernhardt. Um, I mean, he's going to get his points no matter what. I mean, that's just what he does, and that's what all great players do. But it's all about containing him. And then offensively, it's being efficient. So it's all about taking those possessions, getting as many goals as possible, getting good quality shots. We can't really have terrible shots and bad possessions because that's when UNC is going to kill us and wear us down.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. But, like, at this point, dude, um, and I can't speak like I've been there before um, because we haven't. But I would say the number one thing that I kind of worry about with a team like UNC is going to be face-offs and possessions, right? Um, that's the number one thing that I kind of worry about. And secondly, I just think – do you guys hear me?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know what my screen just did. Yeah, I don't really care about X's and O's because none of that really matters to me. I think it's just going to come down to heart. Who's going to execute their game plan better? Um, and, and face-off, that, that's it. Like I, I think at this at this level – I mean, you know, I think Sprott, you have midfielders who can play. Ryan Gallagher's clocked a lot of times and a lot of big goals and big games. Um, I think he's been a little bit silent and he's kind of taken a the fourth man role, kind of. I think from from what I have, have seen a little bit of. But I mean, you know, that's somebody who can who can clock some big minutes for you. But like, I, I don't really get into X and Os and that. I mean, Ozzy breaks down film, so he can probably do that better. But I just think it's gonna come down to faceoffs and heart. That that's essentially what's gonna have to you know happen.
3: Yeah, definitely starts with hard and hustle. If you look at the two coaches, you got Brian Breck versus Bresci. Bresci is a very like big energy guy, gets the boys fired up. Then he's got his assistant coach Metzbauer, who was at Princeton. Now he's at UNC for a long time. There, he, he's running the offense. So if I look at the UNC side of things, obviously starts with face-offs. Last week, Tanner Cook and Connor McCarthy didn't play. So two guys in their midfield. Um, they're very good off ball. I think our defense matches up pretty well against them, especially with the short stick from an athletic standpoint. I can see them inverting us a little bit where I think the keys are going to be once again, faceoffs, And then with the attack unit, like one of our attacks going to draw the third pole and just whoever it is, have a day and go at them all game long. And also, I mean, I don't know how many fans are going to be allowed at Hofstra, but like we're from the Northeast. We're going to draw a lot of people and our alumni hopefully go into that game. So, and then the last point is, First, man you got to make a couple saves early and then just ride that out and get the defense flowing here so um pressure zone baby
0: obviously great points so in terms of UNC they are sneaky off ball dude they share the ball and even a guy like chris gray who who kind of runs their offense he moves great without the ball like those guys are always you know they're always moving they're always open it seems like but See, I look at this game and I think we match up really well because of the way we go from defense to offense. And I think that Carolina—they're one of the—they're one of those teams who ten man rides like every single time. And do you really want to do that against this Rutgers rope unit? Who, if they break that ten man, are going to have a really good scoring opportunity. So. I think it's going to come down to are they going to change what they do for us because teams don't ride us. I don't think Rutgers has. I don't think teams have really rode Rutgers for like the last five six years since uh, since the NASCAR kind of got installed in, back in 2016. I mean we've always been one of the better clearing teams and I think you know that's going to be a big big opportunity for us in the early offense. And then when I watched UNC, they struggled in those gray area situations against Virginia. They played Virginia twice. They beat them 16-13. They lost 18-16. Rutgers is going to put them in those gray area situations, the six on fives, the five on fours, the four on threes. So listen, I think we have as good a chance as anybody. And I think the difference between Rutgers and Virginia is that Rutgers is more of a, it's a fast pace, but they know how, they have more control in my opinion, because it goes from, Transition to early offense, attack while we're subbing to our six on six, and attacking those matchups. So, I I really like this matchup for us in that area. And then, like like you guys said, with their defense, who's who's gonna guard that third pole? I think AC's gonna need to have a big day for us because I think Curse is gonna get uh, the assignment of Bowen, their top defenseman.
2: You're bugging. No, that dude is going straight to AC he's going straight to AC. I mean, I, I, I like, I like her. Like I, I, bro, I, I think he can shoot just crap out of the ball, but I, I mean, I, I don't know if he's a volume shooter. Like I, I don't really know. I don't think I've watched a lot of his film. Um, he's good at what he does, but I think if you just overall, you look at, you know, AC against Maryland against like big, like AC, you, you have to respect him. Like, you, you just got to. I mean, and, and, and honestly, you got to respect Kieran. Like, Kieran's like a silent assassin. He'll give you three and two, and you won't even notice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a coach, so I don't really know who's going to draw the pole. But, I mean, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm preparing for Rutgers, my my number one, you know, objective is – because AC can dodge. Like, you know, he, I don't know how his knees are holding up, but he can do it. Like, I, I he's
0: – He looks a lot better than he has. Yeah, he,
2: he looks quicker laterally. Like, I mean – you know, he, he, he can do a lot of things that I've never really seen him do. Um, so, yeah, I, I would put that first poll on AC if I was a D coordinator. But, yeah.
0: Well, I just think the matchup with Bo- – Bowen's a big dude and Curse is a big dude. And Curse has b- eaten up everybody this year except for uh, Grill.
3: Mm, I'm kind of torn between both. I mean, if you look at Curse's goals the past couple games, two of the goals in the last game were straight-off face-offs. And uh, two in a row from DeHenio. So, I mean, we'll see. But your, your point about us exploiting UNC in the gray area is going to come clutch. Because I rem- remember Tim Rotan saying about, saying about us in 2017. He wrote in an article, Rutgers is the hardest team pr- to prepare for because you don't know what you're going to get. So how is UNC preparing for us this week? Because our D middies can play offense, whether it's NASCAR, Subway. And for those listening, like it's just different methods about how we attack you. So, if we can make saves get up and out, like, we're going to be lethal. Well, that's but another we thing, dude. First.
0: That's another thing. Colin Kerr's ability to, to, for outlet passes when Carolina – is not going to be able to 10-man us. Like, I, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah. But, but well, we have to be efficient with possessions, though. I mean, that's what we did with Lehigh. Like, eventually like, – I know you guys watched the Lehigh game. Like, they zoned us. They didn't even, like, you know, ride us. But, like, by the end of the game, like, we had so many more shots than them and that they were – the defense was just tired. So – we, we have to be very efficient with the possessions we get because the face-off X is always going to be a question mark for RU. So as long as, you know, we get stops, can play in NASCAR, but get good shots for them, that's how we're going to win the game. That's how we're going to be able to attack them.
0: Well, John, don't count out my man John DeHenio, bro. He's a baller. When it, when it matters, he shows up, man. And he's no, got no, – yep.
2: I, I like that and no disrespect to him, but I think like, you know – he was losing the clamp and i'm not a faceoff guy he was just losing but like his heart and hustle after oh yeah is what like makes up for him being a good faceoff guy you know what i mean but i'm not and i'm not saying anything bad like i'm not trying to you know down talk the kid by any means but i mean you know he, I, if if everyone could play like him in terms of like after when that balls a fifty fifty 50-50 gb then yeah they they're, they're going to he has a big heart so it seems i'm not a faceoff guy so the don't faceoff have-
0: stat the faceoff stat and the possession stats the faceoff stat was a lot worse than the possession stat against That's Lehigh
2: because of the hustle after. The, yes, the, the,
0: we it, we it, did it, get it, the ball, it, and then it. we cl- we actually I think had the ball more than Lehigh did. Now that took a lot more work because of losing the clamp and and the the actual off But in terms of the possessions. Uh, you know, it was pretty even. If not, Rutgers had the ball more. So, you know, John has a big future. Don't don't count him out ever. One of the best athletes in Division One at that position. He's got double digit points. He's got ten
1: points. <laughs> Holy!
2: I'm not counting. Buddy, out. more than me. And me, see, yeah, me too.
1: I mean, more than me. My career. <laughs> they just
2: had that AIT goal.
1: Now it's zero. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought you scored a goal at NJ. Oh, that was now nah, you're mixing King. me up with Liam that King. That was Liam. Remember that?
1: Liam King. Yeah, 29, not 28, Chad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yo, Chad, so uh obviously, you know, knights by 90 against Carolina. But yo, let's let's talk about, you know, the good work you're doing, you know, with the new hit show Vibe Checkers, man. How did that start? let let I I have yeah, listened to
2: so, so I met Mark Ellis uh at the bubble last year uh for the MLL and uh somebody recommended it someone was like yo like you need to start talking to people because i was just talking to so many people at the bubble and i don't remember who it was uh in a conversation and they were i was they were just like "Yo, you should make a podcast just like shitting around like messing around um and i was kind of like well one i've always wanted to make a podcast um and two i was like why would I do that? You know? And then I kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need someone to do it with. Right. Um, and so we kind of came to conclusion. We were like, listen, we are two different kinds of breeds that don't really fit the narrative and kind of that, that, that culture of lacrosse. And I was like, so why don't we try and and bring some taste, um, to kind of lacrosse culture that we've always talked about. We want to see change and this and that, and all that good stuff. And I was just like, yo, let's just get people to come on here and just talk about their experiences. Um, and let's make this fun. Like, let's not be so professional. Uh, and Mark wanted to kind of make it a little bit more professional than it was. And I was like, no, I want to crack jokes. I want to lighten the mood. And I want people to get to actually know what these people are like, um, instead of just, you know, social media and, and and stuff like that. So he and I came together um, and we, we hit it off and, and we just started having fun. And then some, I kind of took a break for a little bit with moving and just some stuff that was going on. And I kind of took a break from it. And uh, I was actually going to be done with it for good. And he called me about a month ago. And he was like, yo, he kept calling me consistently. He was like, yo, like constantly just like, hey, let's get it back. Let's get it back. And I'm like, yo, like, I, I'm, I think I'm kind of good right now. Like, I And then, you know, someone else called me and was like, yo, like, you need to be back. Like, it, it, you know, it. I kind of want to hear you guys communicate. Um, so I just brought it back. And I was just like, all right, forget it. Let's Let's have fun. And so um, that's what we did. And so we got a couple, couple guests right now. And we're we're in a, a phase right now where um, we're we're trying to kind of still create our identity. And by that I mean we don't know if this wants to be just strictly lacrosse, or do we want to bring in other people? Because we have other guys that we've obviously uh, interviewed, but um, and we have other guys that that are uh, you know the well-known people in in their industries that I've been able to connect with. And, uh, you know, we have them, you know, slotted, you know, for podcasts. got the approval and it wants to come up, but I, I don't know if I want to, you got to find your niche to kind of stay in that lane, right? Like, you know, not every lacrosse guy is going to want to hear it from like D.L. Warfield or Waka Flock or someone like that, right? Not. It's like, you don't, you got to find your niche. So, uh, you know, so yeah, so we brought it back and we, we've been having a good time. And, and this week, I think we'll have uh, uh, Palasek come on, Tommy Palasek and, and talk about some cool stuff. And then, you know, we got some other people coming on uh, as well. So you know, we just, we just talk, man. It's, 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 no different from us, you know, communicating off the, you know, off the camera and, or, you know, at a bar or, or club or whatever, we just, you know, get people to have fun and and tell us about their experiences. And, and I think like everyone has a unique kind of situation and story. Right. And that's uh just like, I want you to be yourself and you tell it. you don't got to be all like professional and, and buttoned up for us. Uh, just kind of get on there and fucking talk, you know, so that's kind of what we do and uh, we have a good time and Mark's a good dude. I've learned a lot about Mark. Um, and I learned a lot about myself just kind of talking to Mark, kind of similar, uh, you know, backgrounds and stuff like that. So it's been super fun.
0: It's funny. I think we're in like the same process, too, with this show, just kind of trying to find our niche. You know, we we're a rucker show, now we're a Jersey show, right? I thought you'd agree with that, right, Ry?
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely, I mean, that's all what podcasting is when you first start, you're just trying to find out what your co-host is doing and just what you're trying to talk about. So obviously, you know, as you know, you do it more like, like Alex and I have, like it's eventually it's going to get better and be the product that we want to be. So, I mean, it's an awesome experience and I'm sure that you're really enjoying, you know, doing it.
0: It's ever changing yeah. too, right? Like, like, like the, the producers uh, of the Bleep Network, they do a great job. They, they said to me and Ryan, they were like, yo, like your first episode, you're gonna to listen to it. Like after you do like 30 episodes, and you're gonna be like, what "Yo, yeah, what were
2: you thinking?"
0: Yeah, like what were you thinking? Even like right now, I'm like, you know, things we did like last week. I'm like, shit, like I I sounded terrible, or why did I do that, or something like that. But
2: yeah, at the at the end of the day, right? Like if you think about it, once you have a guest on, like at, at a certain point, your your audience become you know so used to and, and, and kind of they understand you guys, um, and so they wanted to hear you guys just they don't want to hear from you so much. They want to hear from your guests, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, what they have to bring to the table. So once you kind of get past that point, like, I don't really care. I, I, I talk as much shit as I would normally do to anybody in person when I'm on a podcast. Like, I, I don't really, you know, really care about anything like that. We just have a good time, bro. Like, just be yourself. And you know, I'm going to ask some questions. Like we had uh, Patrick Timothy the other day. And the reason why we had him, I didn't even know. Like, I was like, you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, Mark always sends me his stuff on social media and I was like, oh, does he play for the Outlaws? Um, and I didn't know nothing about him. Um, and so I thought it was, you know, I clicked on one of his uh, Twitter's um, uh, videos and it had like 10,000 views. And I was like, all right, this guy's obviously training for the NFL and fucking PLO. Like, let's get this guy on. And, um, you know, when I say NFL PLO, he was just trained so hard and does so many like workouts that like you don't normally see your typical lacrosse guy doing. Um, so I brought him on and, and like, his story is just fascinating. Picked up a stick at 17 and just learning so much about him. Um, and then kind of just seeing those common parallels between like, you know, he and Mark and, and stuff like that, that that go, you know, with one another is uh, was super dope. So, yeah, I mean, I, dog, everyone has a unique story. I, I mean, everyone that I've uh, been able to, you know, communicate with has a, a unique story. And it's just like, well, what part, you know, what do you want to hear from them? What do you want to learn from them? And uh, we kind of attack it. So it's fun.
0: Yo, last year when Ozzy was at um, Mesa, Colorado Mesa, he had um, a little radio show and I'd always tune in and I tried to call in, but he wouldn't answer the phone for me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Can't yeah. Say
2: that's a yo, should,
0: should we, yo, we should have callers on this show. Awesome.
3: What do you think? Yeah, you get a little rowdy. Yeah, I don't know about
2: you, Sean. I think you you would have some people call in and and really be a little rowdy.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: hey, hey, it's okay. That's why we're here, right? Be a little rowdy. It's all yeah, good. I, th-
1: I think it's got. To, we got to go back to the drawing board on that one. We'll we'll think yeah. about it. I'm not surprised that
3: you started your own podcast, man. You're one of the best storytellers I've ever met. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> some of the, your ability to Wait, tell what? a story. I, I'm talking about chat oh yeah 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 <laughs> Not about you i was Not about you to Alex. say i'm a terrible storyteller like <laughs> about to you say. get so animated and you can like it's fun impersonate weird. people it's but fun. it's also that real side like like yeah. you said put the mask down just be be who you are and like let's yeah. shoot the shit now exactly. like there's a time to be professional but also a time to be like okay let's just like get it going because that's what people really want no doubt. I can't lie. I thought this
2: podcast was going to be super, super serious. Like not, not, no, no disrespect. I thought, because especially when you said Oz is coming on, I was like, do I need to go put on like a tuxedo? Do I need, I need to be ready to go. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, Ozzy, you and I have had a, a pretty close relationship when we were in college and, and uh, shit, I still remember you preparing me for my GE interview, you know, and, and what to say, what to hit, uh, as well as uh, Steve Hillenbrand and, and uh, stuff like that. So, I mean, when we, yeah, it, it, it's, it's no different from, you know, you basically having a, a mock interview when we were in your room and you getting mad at me that day. You were like, man, you got to know this stuff, bud. Like you're going to get killed. And then like, away. I'm like, yo, who says that? Like what? Um, compared to just, you know, Steve not really caring. Cause he already had his job since he was in eighth grade, but it was just like, you know, it, it was just a fun time, bro. And that's, that's what I try and do. I try to create that same environment. Um, you know, and, and, and bring people on. So, yeah, it's super dope, super
0: dope. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode that you guys have done? I saw you guys did uh, – you guys said you're having Palisac. I saw you guys had Randy Stotts on. I saw you guys um, had a couple other MLL guys on. you have a favorite Yeah, I episode? mean,
2: I would probably say uh, probably the most fascinating one that we had is probably, in my opinion, uh, probably Bryce Wasserman. Um, and the reason wow. why – yeah, the reason why I say that is just because, like, you know – He's never been respected. I mean, I, I remember when we didn't respect the dude and he beat us, you know, you know what I mean? Like he beat us when we were at Rutgers, you know, and even in the MLL on a professional level, when he played, when the MLL was just a single entity, when professional lacrosse, was just won, you know, he, he, he competed and, and he played on a line with Marcus Holmes and like Tom Schreiber, you know, when Tom Schreiber had to go to attack, um, you know, he, he, so he competed with those guys and he put up numbers. He just, he didn't just go out there and, and just was a name, like he, he dressed. Uh, when those guys were just in one league. So, I mean, you know, a guy, learning a lot about him uh, and just being able to actually, you know, cultivate that friendship with him, it's been super fun because he's heavily misunderstood. Um, and and I think like it brings it upon himself because I mean, obviously he, he's super, super confident in himself and he lets it be known. And that's a beautiful thing about Bryce, but he bags it up. So it's like, I mean, he means well, he bags it up and uh, you know, playing him, you know, even in the MLL, we didn't really respect Bryce. We thought, you know, when we played them and we looked at the stat sheet and it's like, damn, this dog had three and three on us? Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And then he went to MVP. Um, and then, you know, he goes to the PLL he doesn't get drafted. And it's like, well, that you know, listening to his side of things and, and, and kind of getting how he feels and, and just kind of, you know, just seeing, you know, all of that just go through, you know, a tunnel and then just seeing where he's come from from Monmouth to – you know, wherever it's dope. So yeah, Bryce, in my opinion, would probably be one. And then I would say Kyle, I think it's O'Miller. Yeah. She, I mean, she's a beast. Like she's a freaking, I mean, she showed us her schedule and everything on there. And I was just like, dog, you're busier than Biden. Like, damn. Like she, (laughs) she, she she real bill, you know, was just booked from 5. AM and uh, just seeing what she's able to do and grow the females game and not knowing a lot about the females game um, and, and her bringing that, that different perspective was was super dope. And uh, yeah, so I mean, bro, everyone has like a unique, like kind of side that I like walk away from the podcast. And, and I'm like, Oh, wow, I did not know that about that person or or that situation. Um, And uh, yeah, so it's, it's fun. Like, but I would say those two are probably the ones that stick out to
3: the most to me. It's, it sounds like it's more of a conversation rather than an interview.
2: Yeah, but I don't, I'm not gonna sit down and ask you, about oh yeah you scored three goals against Hopkins like how'd you feel about that I don't fucking care about that like I want to know like what are you who are you outside of the field and what got you to that level right what got you to that point was like all right because you know like some people you realize that like you know they don't take lacrosse as serious as their game may you may think their game shows right meaning like they'll go out and score five or six goals and we all have teammates who are like that and we know guys who could you know not care or put in the work and go out and have no problem scoring four or five goals and go right back to the crib. Like, but it's like also the unique side of them that they might have play a guitar or something that keeps them sane. And and, and that has more of a priority and uh, a focus. And it's like kind of like what I've been trying to have had an argument with somebody the other day about it. And I've kind of grown into a point now, like being out here and, and having full autonomy over a, a territory that I run, I'm like, You know, I think back to it and I'm just kind of like, you know, I work with so many characters uh, to where it's like you got to just let everyone do their own thing. As long as everyone's holding their weight on their end and, you know, everyone's rising to the occasion and far above and and, and doing what they're supposed to do. Like you got to let everyone just be themselves. Like I I deal with people where I'm like, you know, I'm like, damn, I don't want to talk to this dude today, but I got to make sure he did his assignment. Right. Or I got to make sure I deliver on my end or whatever it may be. Um, and so like what that being said is like what I think like Sean and I spoke about this. You sometimes see like everyone wants each other to be a clone of that hardworking individual. And I think it kind of kills the creativity of that person being themselves. Right. To where it's like I might like like I might like someone um, because what they're able to do on the field. But they might not they might not care enough to put in. They 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 work hard in practice. But, like, they might have so much stuff going on, like, to where it's like, for example, you look at uh, uh, Michael Jordan and then you look at Dennis Rodman. Like, people knew in order to keep Dennis Rodman sane, you had to let him go out and let his hair down after they won. Like, it wasn't just – but it's, it's like they knew when he came to – when he was at practice, he's going to be the first in sprints. He's going to do everything he needs to do. He's going to put in his work when he needs to put in his work. But – and so it's like dealing with that, it's like learning other people have, like – other things that they like to do. They have other like they they love doing other things. It's like, I didn't know that. I thought you just played wall ball all day from your Instagram. no, I like to surf. I surf more than I play wall ball. I surf more than I play lacrosse. I'm like, damn, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like so, you know, being there and, and seeing and, and started just learning that that kind of you know different side of people it's been the most fascinating part for me about kind of like having that podcast. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. It's like uh life outside the game. And that's something that I really struggled with about cloning. Like you expect people to be bots and act this way and the standards this way. But at the end of the day, the standards this, yeah. but the way you treat people, it shouldn't, you can't be treating everybody the same. People have different interests. And that's something that I learned when I actually transitioned to coaching and was on the flip side of things. Like, look, like to me, I'm a lax rat. It's everything in my life, but to other people, they don't care as much. But when we're together, how can I cultivate that care so that we get the best out of them and then off the field, do your thing? But it takes a high level of trust and autonomy, and that comes with time, like you're saying. 100%. Uh, and that also applies to other areas of life, whether it's work and whatnot. So definitely yeah, something I mean, I've struggled with and, and had to mature with as well. 100%. I mean, you you, you, you take a step
2: back, and if we're going to go back to like, college, right? You, you take a step back, and it's like you look at someone like Stephen Hillenbrand, right? We knew Steve cared about his career, right, from early on. We knew Steve was going to be that guy who – made sure everything was in line from an academic standpoint, from a sack. I think it was sack, right? Student athletic, you know, all of that stuff. Steve was the guy. Right. And it's like, well, Steve probably didn't put in as much work as a or jewels on that level. But Steve was also in the books a little bit harder, you know, on a different side. Right. So it's like, there's no right or wrong. It's just two different three different individuals being themselves. And it's like the more people that can accept that and just let them be themselves as long. But Steve, he passed all the run tests because I didn't. Right. He, he, I mean, he, he was never, he's never late to practice. He never bits and complained about anything. He he worked his ass off like when he needed to. And so it's like, you can't really fault him for doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, or, or not doing anything, whatever it is, but he worked hard too. He put in extra work and stuff like that too. But yeah, Steve. Yeah. So that, that'd be an example of like what I, you know, what I like hearing and what I like, like learning about other people who I would probably once would have thought, Oh, you're just a lacrosse rat. You know what I mean? So that, that's probably my, my uh, biggest takeaway from
3: my talking to so many different characters. It's interesting. You know, when you're in a team setting in a lacrosse setting, if you don't do X, Y, Z, the repercussions are you run, you do a punishment workout or whatever. And then when you translate into the workforce, it's like, Where's that personal responsibility on an individual level? You know what I'm saying? So it's just different. Like reality hits quick. People have full-time jobs. They're trying to pay the bills, trying to do this and that. It's not the process anymore. You can't run sprints or bench somebody. It's like, how do you get the best out of people in another way? And it's just like exactly what you were saying. So it's just like. Yeah. In the
0: in the real world, it's either you get it done or you get fired. <laughs>
3: Subjective people can ride it out, but yeah, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, you get okay, you get fined, you get fired in the NFL, it's you get fined, they don't make you run sprints.
2: Yeah, that's one percent of the population, making that's true, jobs, you know, that's true. 100%.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to equ- equivalent to the real world, like, you know, it's either you get fired or you get fined or something like that. Well, I, I it's money that, out your pocket, is what I'm trying to say
2: 100%. Well, I think the issue is that, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you're not right or wrong, but you're so caught up in a moment. You think something at that moment is so much bigger than it is where it's like, it's all we knew, right? 40 hours a week of practice, film, all that good stuff across is our life. You know, it, it has to be, it's forced upon us. And it's like, you know, once you kind of get out into the real world, what you have seven, eight hours to go to three, four classes a day, then get food and then go home, sleep for six hours, wake up and work out, do everything the next day. So it's like, you, you don't realize that there's more so much more to the world where I wish like I'd have taken, like, to this day, I ram Sammy is a professor at Rutgers, uh, the chair of African Studies. I mean, I email him every now and then, you know? I still I still talk to, you know, a couple people at Rutgers, like, Yuli or whatever, reach out to me every now and then. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, man, like, it, it just comes with growth, dog. Like, you, these are things that, like, you know, Breck's not going to tell you not to, like, focus on lacrosse 24-7. His livelihood, you know, is, 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 is a head coach. That's what he does for a living. He's going to tell you, I want you to be the best lacrosse player you want, you know, and, and, and mold you into being the best professional. And, and he does that, he does a good job with obviously giving you the exposure, going to North Carolina and trying to find what field of, of, of life you wanna try and go into, you know, after you hang the cleats up and, and you clean your locker out in the last day are the guys you came in, right? So, you know, I think it's like one of those things, man, like it, it, it I can sit here and say it, right? Ozzy can say it, you know, Taters can say it and uh, Alex can say it, but it's like, it's not gonna resonate until you're done playing and you're yeah. uh, just a memory and just a class of whatever we were, uh, 2018, shown. I don't know how many classes you've class, you got <laughs> in, but you know, it's, it, it, it's just a memory. Now. So,
3: you know, that's, that's one of those things I kind of like think about it, it, at the end of the day, when you reflect, you, you may disagree with this, but to me, it's like your experience, whether your experience is what you make of it. percent, And whether it's I, a I lacrosse it's or factors that come into that, yes. right.
2: But, but yes, a hundred percent. If you, but like you have to do, and that's why like, you know, having a guy like Wally that I didn't utilize on the roster, like, um, And and the guys who did utilize rosters, you saw an exponential, like you you saw their game get taken to another level. And it wasn't because they were, you know, they changed anything. It was, or they did change something, but it was more so. They just looked at things differently. They're able to like channel things differently. You know what I mean? Um, And and, and work a little bit harder, but yeah, like, I, I I don't know. I I think that's, that's definitely true. And it's like, it's a maturity aspect that has to come in with that as well to understand that your experience is what you make of it. No one's going to make your, you know what I'm saying? Make you, be happy. That's a personal decision. Uh, So yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you um, as well.
1: What do you got, Rye? No, no. I I mean, I think that's, no, it's completely, no, I agree with everything that you said there. I mean, everybody definitely has a different experience in terms of, you know, how they, you know, deal with things. And, you know, if you're part of the team, everybody has different experience. Everybody has a different role too. So honestly, it's making the most of like what what you're going to make out of it and like what role you have, you know what I mean? Like I never played a game at Rutgers, but I had the time of my life there. Like I freaking loved all my teammates and tried to be the best teammate that I could. So, you know, I would don't regret anything that I did in college and, you know, it's, it's, you know, translated to, I think good for me, you know, post-college where, you know, I'm coaching high school lacrosse. I have a job, so everything's doing good. And I, you know, really attribute Rutgers lacrosse to that, my personal growth and development.
0: Dude, it's, um, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, was listening to, uh, you're a Georgia. Oh, no, he's, yeah, he's from Georgia. Scott Ratliff, right? Right, Chad? Ratliff, yeah. yeah. yeah I
3: was, I was Your boy listening. from
2: Pickup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ratliff, yeah. That's crazy you yeah. still remember that story. Buddy,
3: um, I've got, uh, I remember
2: everything. Trust me. I, I know, I know.
0: Yo, so I was listening to him talk, and uh, I think it kind of goes back to, like, everyone's not the same. And uh, he was talking about, like, uh, judgment in in life in terms of, like, and leadership and you know, in terms of that's the most powerful way to lead. Like if I'm, you know, you can say this in a team perspective. You can also say this in a um, real world perspective, like Aussie, like if I'm working at, I don't know, X, Y, Z company, and I have a coworker who's maybe not doing the things that I'm doing. Like they come in nine to five and I'm staying from nine to like six, 37 o'clock, putting in a little more work. Um, you know, if I judge them for not doing the same thing I'm doing uh, that's not, you know, more often than not, that's just going to kind of push them away. Right. But if I kind of lead by example and they see me doing what I'm doing to, to take my game or, or my performance at the workplace to another level, you know, maybe, you know, I can bring them in a little bit, you know what I mean? So I think that concept kind of applies to what we've been talking about.
3: I would have to agree a hundred percent. Like, People operate differently. You're just as a leader, you're trying to optimize the best of those people. Like, I'll, facts are facts. I'm kind of a hard ass in certain some situations, and other people are more laid back. And it took me a couple of years to be like, look, like people don't operate like you. That's fine. If they're getting the job done, that's fine, and have a, extend that leash a little bit. And that's applied to me as a coach. I'm a Mandra Lululemon now, which is a totally different field. And it's a great learning experience because it's attached, detached me from lacrosse. I still got my fix in the sport, but real life is totally different from lacrosse. But if you take those values from what we've learned, the, the positive ones, and apply it, you will succeed. That's just my personal opinion.
2: Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I agree. I'll, I'll say this you know, like, you know, I I, I think it's like, leader's leader, right? It is, it's no doubt, like, you have how many employees that you have to manage? Like, I'm looking at 18, 19? 18, 19 employees. Well, you had, what, 40, 50 guys that you had to manage on lacrosse, so it's no, you know, it's kind of no different. You teach those, you, you didn't talk to me the same way you would have talked to uh, 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 Javon, right? You no. you, 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 you knew, and that's that's a quality of a leader, is that you have to get on a personal level with everyone on your team and to understand everyone can't be coached the same while the coaching philosophy has to stay the same and the objective at the end is the same on a personal level. You have to be able to relate to each individual the way that's going to perhaps get the most out of them. You know what I mean? So, you know, a thing with me and I feel like a hypocrite when I say this, and I, I use this as an example to kids. Like I have a kid who, when I speak to him every time, he shuts down. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, that was three on campus for three years. You know, that was number three on campus for three years. So it's like, I try and give him my personal experiences of what I've been through in life, right? And, and why is you aren't going to get to where you want to be not because you're getting yelled at, but it's because it's like the mind game that you're playing with yourself. And then you start questioning things and it, it, it messes up. Like there's a whole psychological thing that I kind of learned over you know over time with that, but it's also now you know I am you know I I'm sure you guys keep up with the news and stuff like raw goods material right now like there's a price increase that's going out of the wazoo right now with everything right our availability our relationship you know you know just a bunch of stuff right now I'm not being I run a twenty two million dollar territory and I'm sitting here and I'm like telling my customers who I sold these contracts to that I got to call you and tell you I can't deliver right now because it's something that's out of my control so it's like I sit here, I'm getting chewed out, right? We got to take a price increase soon and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm getting chewed out by these guys in the middle of a pandemic, right? Property management, well, it's it's down right now because people can pay the bills, right? People had to move out, evictions or whatever. So it's like, you know, you, you it's one of those things where it's like, I, I got called something the other day where I would have thought I was in like Mobile, Alabama when I'm talking to a guy who I spoke to every day, but he's so frustrated that he needs his product to make his money. So it's like, but I didn't, It's one of those things where I'm like, how can I, you know, manage this situation? Right. And now it's like from someone who was, you know, a follower to now a leader, it's like, well, do you you know what I mean? You got you gotta figure out, you know, what to do. So it's no different when I talk to my kids that I coach. It's like, or 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 inner city kids that I I communicate or mentor, I'm like, you know, I, I I was you literally three years ago. Like I I know how you feel. I was you for a very long time. Like let me, let me explain this to you. Let me, let me show you like, you're not getting picked on. Don't shut down. The moment I stop yelling at you, that's when you should work. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, so yeah, like I I, I agree with, with both of you and what you guys said. So, I mean, you know, you living in a weird world, man. I don't know. You gotta just be a
3: good person. <laughs> I, I think something that you were saying is just the, you have to be very mindful of the way you're communicating For sure, and just your behavior in general. Like at the end of the day, you're in control of your actions and your thought process. So like how you convey your message to people is like, Oh, but, um, I want to transition this into, I just moved to Arizona and now you're in the lacrosse community there. Right. Yeah. So I was coaching in the West coast. So I I have my own take on like the West coast lacrosse and especially the Arizona pocket. Like what are your thoughts so far with everything?
2: Yeah. So like, uh I'll, there, there, I'll, I'll break this up into like two parts. and I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Um, for what I, from what I can see so far and gather is that, you know, West West Coast lacrosse is terrible as a whole. It's terrible. And the reason why I say it's terrible is because one, I don't think you have enough good coaches, right. Who understand the game Um, and two lacrosse isn't as big as it is on the East coast. Right. Um, And what I mean by that is that I, I think like we, a lot of good athletes and, and the, the stigma that lacrosse carries for, for the kids that I've tried to like get to come out and play is like, it's a pretty boy sport. It's this and that. And, and most of these kids, you know, they, they play baseball year round out here. I've run into a situation where I'm like, these kids play baseball year round. Like, and it's like kind of the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, but I also don't trip about it. I mean, I'm not going to force you and beg you to play something you just don't have a desire of playing. Um, but I, I would say like, it, it, you don't have enough good coaches. So you look in Arizona, like, and you have good coaches and I'm not saying enough good coaches, but you, there, there is a major shortage, right? Um, what could have been like, for example, like I, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of teams that for our recreational league, right. There's a lot of teams in the league. And I think like, maybe if I'm not mistaken, like a handful of guys probably played, and a lot of guys are just dads just off the street, you know, who got the uh, basically a girl stick as like a stick, like no pocket, you know, just carries that thing wherever it goes. You never see a ball in it, just, 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 just ground balls, you know, and, and teaching them. But no one really teaches them the X's and O's of, of lacrosse. And so I think that's like a major, major issue. Um, and I would also say to be honest with you from like what I'm starting to see because like I, I don't understand it and I don't know if it's ever – gonna make sense to me but the lacrosse i would say the aau right you have like a is all money in politics that's why you see these big corporations get sued right you see nike getting sued for giving a team this much money you see adidas getting sued for, for giving his kid a discount you see the guy who decided not to play college and just went to the puma you know factory or or puma headquarters and just worked out there lacrosse parents here uh, and I'm dealing with this now is that they believe their kid is the next Mikey Powell at such a young <laughs> age? I have parents, and I'm, I will send you emails. I have parents that have reached out to me, and I coach U12 because I don't want to deal with high schoolers and their, their attitudes. I coach U12 for one of my teams. And I have parents that are asking me to put a highlight tape together and send it to college coaches that I know. While we were growing up, that was like maybe something cool if you committed in the eighth grade, ninth grade. It wasn't really realistic, right? But it did happen. But they are seriously trying to get their kids a scholarship offer now. And then I have kids. I had a parent try and tell me, and I just let them talk. Their kid is getting recruited. I'm not even by a power five school or or a very big division of lacrosse school in which they got invited to a camp that Jimmy Ryan used to like lick that envelope and send it to all million kids around the country. And they got invited to a camp and he tried to argue with me in a parking lot that his son just got a verbal offer.
0: What? Yeah, we won't even look at 23s right now. It's all about 22s. doesn't
2: understand anything about NCAA deadlines or anything. I said, you know what I said to him? And I, I, I looked back at this and I said, damn, you shouldn't have said it. I said, when is he going to commit?
0: How does <laughs> is this get again? You said 12? <laughs> under.
2: 12. He's under 12. You 12.
0: <laughs> damn, he must be nice, man.
2: Or that mass email blast but <laughs> enter yeah. let me change this name around enter you know so no i mean i, I think like you know it's just so far behind and it, i think it's a a shortage with good coaches out here but you know i think like you know for me like i so i took a role with azla and what i'm doing like I basically committed to myself, and I give no craps about the professional level of lacrosse anymore. Um, my number one objective is to get as many minority kids in, or just kids in general, right? But my main focus is minority right now. My number one focus is to get as many minority kids to college. That, I don't care about anything else. What they decide to do after college is cool. I wanna see them walk across the stage knowing their mom and dad doesn't have to take out a loan or whatever it is. And, and, and there is hope. That, that is my main focus right now. Um, my main focus is also to grow the game in any way that I can, you know? If I were to show you my phone, like I, 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 I don't know how, like I, I have two cell phones and I have a work phone that I use 90% of the time. And then I have my personal phone that I use a lot as well. If I were to show you my personal phone right now, it's probably 300 text messages. And they're just from kids asking me questions about like some some kids asking me real questions. Some kids asking me, for example, like I I challenge my kids. Some of my kids, I said, you know, I have a group that I train, and I said, you know, I try and give them a movie a week. And our theme this week was, or two weeks ago was like, remember the Titans. And I wanted them to watch that movie, and we come back. Tell me two things or three things that you learned from it. You know what I mean? And it's little things like that. And I mess around with them, thinking like, oh. And then I have one of the kids actually text me, like, hey, this is a novel. I was like, my boy, I ain't reading that. Like, I I, I, I skimmed through it, but, dog, it's, it's 7 in the morning, dog. I ain't reading that. Like, I got to go to work, you know? Got to uh, go to so, work, man. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's, it's cool, bro. It's like, you know, just giving back to what was given to me, dude. Because, like, that, that's that's essentially all I'm doing, dog, like, is that I want kids who look like me to enjoy this game. I want kids who look like me to understand there is a way to get a scholarship. I want kids to look like me to understand that while you, you know, going to go to school to be an All-American, while you're to be an All-American or if, if you finish an All-American or whatever, but if you walk across that stage, you won. If you come from the demographics and, and what I've come from, like, dog, you won, you, you you won. Like you 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 are a household hero, right? If you're the first to go to college, like I was like in my family out of six, like you won. Like you're you're a hero, and so I'm getting that kind of and you know trying to install you know kind of instill that into them, and 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 while I just this was just announced, like we we got in with the girls and boys club, so we'll be doing stuff there, and we got in with two inner city schools, and we're trying to see how COVID will play a factor in that, but as we have hope at the end of this tunnel with things open up. So you know, bro, shit is great. I, I can't I can't complain, dog. Like um, you know, I got a couple other things that I'll that will be announcing the next couple weeks that that I've been working on. Like pretty hard with some guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember him. Lane Odom and Sammy Bammy Boye, who played at Hopkins. Those two have been been working with me on a project that I've been working on. That's uh, that's gonna come out here in the next couple of weeks. But it's fucking dope, man. I, I've been I've been I've been learning a lot, meeting some super dope people out here, and uh, just 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 having fun. Just 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 literally trying to have fun with it. Uh, so yeah.
0: And now that the um, with the Arizona um, Lacrosse Academy, the, your official title is uh, Director of Inclusion and Diversity. Correct? For sure. Um, that's really awesome, man. And just just keep doing your thing, because you know there's certainly a lot. You know, you have a very unique experience, and I think that you can use your experience to give kids what you had, which is a college education, and you know. As mentors, we always want our kids, our players to be better than what we were and have a better experience. So not only can you give that experience that you had, but help them have a better
2: experience. 100%. And I think, like, you know, Sean, it's like a a maturity aspect that I got to mention now with you. I'm going to brag on you a little bit. Is that, And I think we we were going to talk about this, but, you know, you and I didn't speak for a very long time, you know. And we were in such a polarizing...
0: Uh, when, when was this?
2: You know when this was. We <laughs> were in such a polarizing uh, moment in society, I'll say, where I didn't speak to a lot of people. And, you know, it was a tough time for me. And the first thing you did when we finally spoke after months was... It wasn't about like, yo, why you wait pick up the phone, man? Or any of that. It was simply... How are you living and how are you doing? And, uh, you know, that itself. And, and there's guys in this locker room or that, that I was in the locker room with who I haven't spoke to in, in over whatever personal reason, whatever it is. And it's like we will always have that scarlet kind of connection in a way of where it's like we'll always be able to connect in a way where it's just like a brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, it, it's beautiful to see, um, and it's super dope. So I got to applaud you on that. That was uh, that that you are a very very great dude. Um, and the first thing you asked me, the third question you asked me was, "What can I do to help?" And it's like, you know, Jesus, like, damn, Sean, I ain't talked to you in a year. What you what you need help with? Damn, like, you know, it's like, but it, it, it's it's an amazing thing to see. And it's like, well, you start shooting out all these ideas, and then all of a sudden we're on the phone for what, 35, 45 minutes. And we come to a conclusion, what I I thought you should do and, and what you think. And it's just like, you were in the right spot to help people with coaching. And I'm so glad to see your career go the way it is. So, so like, I got to applaud you for that. I, I knew I probably should have probably not said that on the, on this whole podcast, but now I gotta, I gotta give you a, a shout out for that too. So keep being yourself, bro. Keep being oh, yourself.
0: Thank you, man. And, and I certainly do appreciate that. And certainly, um, you know, one of the things I said to you in that conversation was um, you know, the brother you know, and this comes back to the judgment aspect, right? Like the brotherhood was real for me, like it was really freaking real. Yeah. So like
2: you stayed for, for 30 years, yeah. Yo, so
0: for like for for people, you know, the thing I got out of that conversation was like the judgment aspect we talked about, like like, just cause it was really real for me, like, doesn't mean it was as real or real at all for anybody else. So, you know, I can't, you know, and this goes back to what Ozzy actually told me like, uh, last week, actually, he's like, yo, love is given. It's never received. You can't always expect something back from anybody. And, um, you know, you just got to keep giving, keep giving things and, uh, not expect anything back. And, I think uh, what you're doing out there with um, what you're doing with Arizona Lacks Academy is a great example of that because you're – listen, no one really needs to know the details, um, but you're, you're making a lot of sacrifices for those kids, man. You're doing a great job, man, so keep doing your thing as well.
2: Dog, I'm in, I'm in a place where if you would have told me I would be where I am now, I'm nowhere, obviously, but I would have laughed at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I'm just now being able to get to a point where I'm like, I'm okay with not playing lacrosse. Like when you hang those cleats up for good, it, it, it's a weird feeling, you know, it's, I mean, I walk past my cleats every now and then and I think they think I died. They're like, bro, what's up? Like, you know, but I'm out still running around and doing things, but it's a weird feeling. And so to, to be here and, and accept that and, and, and keep it moving Now it's just like, all right, now it's time to give back what was given to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's been, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, just gotta keep going, dog. Keep going.
0: Yo, we're getting so deep on this, man. I like it. I don't think we're
2: getting deep. It's just <laughs> no. I don't think we're, we're getting deep. I just think it's, I mean, we, we just haven't seen each other, right? Like I, we haven't, I mean, what are we going to talk about? Well, like, you know, we don't have to talk. We don't have to prepare for Maryland tomorrow. We don't have to prepare for Ohio State. Like we we get to talk about our experiences. Like, and this is what, this is what life's going to be about. Every 10 years we see each other, we're going to probably talk about the funny time, the funny moments we had. And then uh, in our experience at Rutgers, I I don't necessarily think we'll go over and we'll we'll, we'll talk about us losing to Maryland in three overtimes. I don't think we'll talk. I think we'll talk about just the moments we had at Rutgers together like that. That's probably what's going to stick out to us the most. You know what I mean? 100 mm-hmm.
0: yeah. dude i don't yo i don't even miss lacrosse i just miss the guys I have, man
2: I just, I just have a hard time believing that knowing you yeah I, <laughs> I, I okay guarantee you, i guarantee you if i were to go in that archive somewhere in that email you got a proposal written up to the ncaa why you need an 11th year i, <laughs> you, I know yeah. you do
0: no um, i actually yo i actually um it does no he does. no 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 but um what was it? I do miss lacrosse, obviously. I would be lying if I said I didn't, but I, I do miss the guys a lot more. That's why um Aussie knows I'm constantly posting in our group, me.
3: I mean, so am I. So, fuck. I'm no one to judge. Well, not constantly, but every now and then, man. I care so much still about it. Like, I'm still coaching. That's essentially what I want to do for a fucking living. Like... Yo,
0: when are you getting a visa, bro? When are you coming back? Yeah,
3: my my <laughs> ass is stuck here with COVID and everything. But at the end of the day, man, the opportunities that this sport has given us, like, you're from Georgia, you're from New Jersey, you're from New Jersey, I'm from Canada, and we're on a Zoom call in 2021 in a mid-pandemic. And now we're using the sport as a vehicle to, like, impose our positive change in values. Like, give me a fucking break that's unreal I mean, look at it, I
2: think, bro i haven't you you were my 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 walkout buddy every single game yeah at the back you were a guy who you know when brett you know needed something or he went to you about me you know what i mean so it's like you know looking back at it and thinking i mean shit you are the reason why i went to d mid my senior year you know oh. and, and not wanting to play offense anymore but you know it, it's like one of those things where i look at it, it's like yo, like we haven't talked in a year and we're able to pick right back up and you remember these funny things and these stories and it's not going to change. Right. It's, it's like, when we get up here, we'll be able to talk about funnier things, but it's like, you know, that, that's the, that's the part of life that that's so great. And, the, and, and it's just like, you know, Everyone, right? Every time I talk to someone who I haven't spoke to in so long, it's like we're able to pick back up. and everybody tell a funny story about me, or 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 I'm able to tell. Like I spoke to Scott Bita the other day. I haven't talked to Bita in a long time. You know, I reach out to him, and the first thing I say, "How's mom and dad? How's your little brother? I see doing well at Delaware." And and blah blah blah, and we chatted, and that's that. We we like you know, and that's the beauty, like about about everything that you know we've gone through, and it's like shit. I still I still think about Kevin Albert. And I think <laughs> him stealing the muscle milks because I know he stole it. And us out there, and I'm, and I, and to this day, I don't know if I actually was the one who stole the muscle milk or not. I, like, I, you know, I mean, it, it, those memories that we'll always have. Um, and so, yeah, bro, it's always fun to get back. And, and, and Breck does a great job of, 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 putting us all in group chats. And, and, and one thing about him is he, he understands the process, right? He did the shit at Siena and, and take, you know, these guys will playoffs, like, he keeps us. He keeps us together. He understands. He knows who got him there, right? He knows who. He knows what really went down. Like he understands that, you know. And, and it's cool to see. Like assistants change every year. Now it's like you know some of those guys are like, man, when outside looking in. And it's like it's super dope to see. It's, it's good to see. It's, it's good for him and uh, you know well deserved. So dope. You know, shout out to him.
0: I think it's just cool to see. Um...
2: I don't miss him yelling at me. Dope. No. <laughs> no. no. I don't miss that. I don't miss that beeline. line, you know what I mean? But I love it now. But definitely. I think I saw Larson the other day too, by the way, because he lives out here.
3: Mr. Larson, can I see you please? But he's he working at FedEx, right? I didn't talk to him.
2: I, oh. I, I think he I think it was him. I it, it was like a
0: yeah, he told me he's uh doing a lot better actually, um in terms of uh his life and things. Yeah,
2: you won a national championship at GCU. You know, he, 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 I mean, dude, it's not like he, Larson could have been our starting goal, but he was good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Larson was, it's we, just when he got his shot, boy. That mammoth, I don't know what oh happened that God. game, boy.
0: Yo, we got to get him on the show, bro. A
3: lot of moving variables for that game. I, that. All right,
0: listen, man, this has been, listen, this episode's called Catching Up with Chad Tolliver for a reason, man. I, I had a blast catching up with you, brother.
2: I, can't thank you enough for having me on the show. Uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of a lot of time in between, you know, you know, conversing with one another. Uh, I can't. I I enjoyed every second of it. Like this is, this is that you know that thin long red line that we all you know hold together. That will always hold together. Um, it's such a freaking important time of our lives and fun time of our lives. And you know, I can't thank you enough, dog. I mean, I can't thank you enough for having me. Taters, I can't thank you enough for having me. Uh, you know, I can't wait to talk to you about some football after after this as well. And Ozzy, man, you know how I feel, man. You know, one, two, what to do, man. I, I can't thank you enough for, you know, being where you who you were and, and what you were for me at Ruckers. So, you know, definitely a good time to catch up with all you guys and uh Sean, keep doing what you're doing here. I love this episode. Uh and uh yeah, I think it's uh
1: great, great vibes, man. Thank you. No problem, Chad. Awesome having you on, man. Hey, you made
0: it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan.
1: You stay classy. piss get out of the way.